We stand at the dawn of a brand new decade, where looking back we see how much has changed, and looking at ourselves now we realize much has stayed the same. Through World War III memes and the tumult that is to come with the roaring 20s, we at least have a bright sports future as Denverse fans to look at. This is, in fact, the Denverse. I'm Quinn. I'm Derek, and welcome to 2020. You yeah, buddy. 2019 ended really poorly for the two teams still playing as both the Nuggets and Abs lost. I was thinking about it like, who goes into the new decade on a winning streak? Neither of them. Broncos two games, and then I looked it up. The Rockies swept their last three games. They swept the Brewers, so three-game winning streak for the Rockies hey. going into 2020. All right, so they're in the lead so far. Um, other than that, I mean, it hasn't been... It's been a very up and down first week of the 2020 year. Yeah, it really has. I mean, we've gotten the entire gamut of like, yay, and like, oh, why do I care? The existential dread title of last season, I think, is still in full effect. Yeah, you had no idea how bad it was going to get. No. You no, didn't, no, no. You didn't no. know that we were going to be on the brink of war. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, let's get into it with our... Probably longer, seven-minute recap. Yeah. But we just have eight days to cover here. And as I said, New Year's did not end with fireworks, other than the Avs have a fireworks show on the ice for the Avs and Nuggets. The Avs lost to the Jets 7-4. to Some really, really bad goaltending. And just it was one of those games where they had the worst goaltender and lost. Mm-hmm. The Nuggets just decided they didn't want to play anymore. They were ready to get to their New Year's party and lost to the Rockets, 130-104. to Those Houston Trip Clubs, man, I'm sure the, there was like a two-for-one. They were just ready to get out and get to the club. Isn't that the thing with James Harden is you can track how he's doing? <laughs> Based on the Yelp quality of strip clubs and around. They the just country. moved the nicest one to Houston, clearly, <laughs> because they're like, this is the only way we could win. We need James at 100%. Um... Then there was nothing on New Year's. There was the outdoor game. It was at the at the Cotton Bowl, which was nice for the NHL and some worthless bowl games. Um, there, they did announce that the Minnesota Wild are going to be hosting next year's outdoor game, um, the Winter Classic, and the Avs are one of four teams that might be in that game. So that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, the Avs, of course, are playing an outdoor game at Air Force in February against the Kings. Um, on the second, the Avs finally awoke in the new year, beating the Blues seven to three and ending ending a two game or two season losing streak against the Blues. They did not beat them at all last year, and had lost the first three games of this year. All of them were road games. They now have, I guess, there were two. They lost the two road games this year, and they have three home games still against the Blues. Two more left, so seven three win. You want to hear about the worst tiebreaker in sports? Yeah, throw it at me. So in the NHL, if you play an odd number of games, whatever is the game that puts you over the mark, so in this case, the first home game for the Avs, because they get three home games against two against St. Louis, they just throw that game out. It does not count in the standings of tiebreakers at all. So the best the Avs can do against the Blues is tie them in the standings by winning both games in regulation the next two, because this game doesn't matter at all. (laughs) Even if they ended up Winning the next two games, the tie would not go to the Avs. That game just doesn't count in the tiebreaker schedule. 
Okay. I think that's on the same level of trying to explain, like, a offensive, like, three in the key penalty. It was just like, you told me the words. I understood everything, but I don't get why that's the case. It makes absolutely no sense at all. Uh, but that is the NHL's way. Uh, also going on, before that, the Nuggets beat the Pacers 124-116 in what will forever be known as the Michael Porter Jr. game. Yeah, buddy. 25 points and some of the best highlights I think anyone has seen from a breakout game of a rookie. No, he went from not ranking. I didn't even know CBS did a rookie power ranking, but he went from not being talked about to number one with one amazing game against a Pacers team. I don't think people appreciate how good they are. Uh, like, Dumnatus Sabanis, I love that dude. And he was, like, putting work on the Nuggets, but then the secret weapon, the uh, light-skinned assassin, stepped in and just took over the way that Nuggets fans last, what, July had hoped in the draft. Two Julys. It's Two Julys. Been, it was 2018. Oh, man. Um, come a long way. And I feel like coming along w- that way with it has been Nuggets Reddit. Yes, sir. Um, this is an auspicious moment. Uh, the Nuggets subreddit now has 74,882 subscribers versus the 74,771 subscribers that the Denver Broncos subreddit has. Which means that for the first time in history of Denver sports anything, I think, the Nuggets rank higher than the Broncos in terms of uh, fandom. And it's it wouldn't be the case anywhere else. Like I still feel that the Nuggets could win a championship and the third-string quarterback gets first billing in most Denver sports news. But it... Is a huge shout out to all the Serbians and weirdly Australians that follow the Nuggets. That on Reddit we now have more subscribers. And like three, four seasons ago, like Moutier's first year, the Nuggets had maybe four thousand subscribers. So the hype is real with the team. And only four thousand people going to those games. So <laughs> yeah, real just... talk, yeah. <laughs> uh, although actually, the Moutier uh, buzzer beater against the. Uh, 76ers, which is a super obscure game entirely. It was like there was a blizzard happening. That ranked on best buzzer beaters of the decade. Wow. Ranked. Not highly, but it was on there. It was there. Yeah. It, it registered. Mm-hmm. That's like five years of highlights. And one. as we all predicted, the best buzzer beater of 2020 as we speak was Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. So who would have thought that? No one. <laughs> not a single soul. Um, but the night was not over. We're still on January 2nd yeah, because buddy. the CU Buffaloes knocked off number four Oregon in just a storming of the gates up in Boulder. They completely dominated Oregon, really held their shooting percentage down, which is what their team's built off of. Really exciting game to watch. Uh, McKinley Wright had a great game. A lot of the team helped, which led you to text me. Best night of the year in Denver. Yeah. And I was like, yes, if only somehow the Rockies had it ruined this for us. <laughs> because earlier in the day, there had been a report from John Morrissey of MLB Network that there was a 50-50 chance that Nolan Arenado would be traded. And the thing about this is there's really only one person who has any interest in the Rockies that thinks that Nolan Arenado should be traded 
Unfortunately, that person seems to be the general manager of the Colorado Rockies. No one thinks that they can get value back for him. No one thinks that they're better off trading him in any universe. No one thinks that more fans will come and they'll sell more tickets. Like, there is no good thing other than Jeff Breidich's ego is hurt. And he's like, well, let's see what I can do. But Jeff Breidich's ego is hurt by Jeff Breidich. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, you know, he's had this offseason. He's supposed to be a brilliant guy. He's been able to offload none of the money that they have tied up in the bad pitching in Desmond, in Daniel Murphy. And he's the reason they're in this situation. Mm-hmm. So he kind of ruined it a little bit. Yeah, but totally. And I know he wasn't the one that said it's 50-50. And most people around there don't think Nolan's going to be traded right now. But in a situation where the stars are rising for every other team in Denver, the fact that the Rockies underperformed and then are at the precipice of just blowing it up is just asinine to me. Like, love Trevor's story, but you're not going to rebuild a team around Trevor's story. Well, Trevor's story is not going to stay if you trade Nolan and you have the bones of a team left because you've overspent on a bunch of relievers who don't pitch. Yeah. Wade Davis is another name that you didn't bring up, which still I have moments of thinking about, wow. It went from him being the all-time saves leader for the Rockies to like the second he would step on like out of the bullpen it's like yeesh we're done you could be 8-5 so yeah the the Rockies ruined what was otherwise cuz the Avs won that night too so yeah. otherwise what was the greatest night of the decade in Denver sports um and it still was cuz yeah you know it's the Rockies but <laughs> um on Saturday night, the Avs beat the Devils 5-2. Uh, to Ranton had a hat trick. It was their first of a three-game set in New York. And it was looking like things were just going to roll from there. Um, meanwhile, the Nuggets continued their forever road trip and headed to Washington to play the Wizards. Lost 128-114. A Wizards team that was missing arguably five of their six best players that truly anyone who's an NBA player is phenomenal and probably the best person that's ever graced their like home and high school courts. But it was a bunch of scrubs, Isaiah Thomas maybe included, Ish Smith, and that was enough to just run the nuggets out of the building. Like it was one of those games where you look like, why doesn't everyone do this to this team? because they may never win again. The classic, the Nuggets played down to their competition woefully so. The night started out poorly because Malone was quoted, according to people on Twitter and the media, as saying that he was going to play MPJ 25 minutes a night going forward. MPJ played 15 minutes, and it was really just like because of the garbage time, he would have only had 10 minutes. But then it turned out after the game that the quote was just wrong. And he'd said, we'd like to get him 25 minutes, which completely changes what that looks like. Yeah. You're like, MPJ just had this great game on Thursday night. Breakout star was what everyone was talking about on all the ESPN shows the next day to the coach says he's going to play him and we all get ready. And then it turns out he didn't say that and nothing. Yeah. But like frustratingly, that, that seemed like a game where 
Yeah, throw the kid a lot of minutes. The Nuggets should have won that game by 30 points very easily. Um, I'd never heard of Ish Smith before that game. I, It rhymes. Um, what do you think his first name is? Do you know? I think Ishmael. Okay, that's Ishmael. better. Ishmael Smith. Yeah. But Ish Smith. Yeah, I mean, it's a great nickname. Yeah, well, if it's... That dude looked like he should be a perennial all-star. <laughs> they just ran the Nuggets out of the building. Although Jamal Murray, uh, great scoring night, I think 37 points. Um, but you don't find silver linings on an East Coast road trip against a tanking team. And for that, the whole team should hold their head in shame. Speaking of teams holding their head in shame, the next afternoon the Buffs lost to Oregon State completely blowing all of the goodwill they got from beating uh, Oregon. They still were ranked in the top 25, but basically they're in control of the game. They were up nine points. Oregon State decided to do a 1-3-1 defense that the, uh, that the buffs just could not get past. McKinley Wright just looked like he couldn't play anymore. It was a disaster. And Tad Boyle, after the game, was like, we practiced it. They were fine. They've played against this before, and... They were just getting held up at the line at the half court line. They couldn't get it past. It was very frustrating. I don't really know why C was still ranked because that loss was worse in some ways than the win. Yeah. Uh, but they still have one more game on this home stand. They play Utah on Sunday. On Monday, Nathan McKinnon was named Player of the Week for the third time with eight points. Um, it was the Third time this season he's been named Player of the Week, and many had him as their first half of the season MVP. Left off of the list, Samuel Gerrard, who, as a defenseman, had eight assists over three games for the week. He did not make the Players of the Week, but like one of the most impressive stress stretches for a defenseman like in the last 30 years. Jeez. So, well, question. How much does the poor goaltending lay on the defense because it's great that he's getting like offensive assists but the abs have i think allowed close to four points per game in their um road trip yeah i mean other than the varlamov game which we'll get to it was the same game or same day uh they their defense has just been bad they aren't making good passes. That's the main problem. It's sort of like thinking about like the transition out uh, in basketball. If you have the if you have the ball and you throw it away before you get it past half court, mm-hmm. that's what the Abs keep doing. And then the other team has easy scoring opportunities. Their power play has been really really bad, which has led to a ton of opportunities for the other teams. Which is the reason why they didn't go further in the playoffs last year. It yeah, like that was fixed almost. And it was one of the things that we thought this could be solved with Taylor Hall, and they decided that wasn't for them. Um, so there, a lot of it is the defense, but they need to make some better plays and they're giving up just a ton of, ton of goals. Unfortunately, this was not one of those, these games. Francois played great against the Islanders on Monday night, lost one, nothing to Simeon Varlamov, who got the shutout Uh. classic Simeon Varlamov game for the Islanders. The abs did score, but it was determined that the play was offsides. The puck was about 30 feet in the air. And they had one camera angle where you could see the shimmer of the puck against the black seats right over the line as Burakovsky was crossing, and it took away a goal from Sidorov, and the Avs really d- didn't have a great opportunity. They, 
the Islanders coach Barry Trotz won the Stanley Cup with the Capitals two years ago. Mm. And the Capitals didn't want to re-sign him, so he went to the Islanders, and he implemented his D system, and it's really hard to play against. Well, to the Avs' credit, they've lost to good teams. Yeah, so the Islanders were a good team. Um, the next night, they lost to the Rangers 5-3. to three. It was Igor Shiskertsen's debut in goal, and he was the winning goaltender for the Rangers. The big moment of the night was that uh, Kadri got in one of the most one-sided fights I've, I've seen in a while. So Ryan Lindgren checked Donskoy high in the head with his elbow, like took him out. Donskoy's laying on the ice. Lindgren comes around, and Kadri's like, what are you doing? He drops the gloves and just pounds like the pulp out of him. Like It was a, such a one-sided fight. They gave Kadri a bunch of penalties. They didn't penalize Lindgren at all. And then today, it came out that the NHL player safety was like, we're not going to have any supplemental discipline, which basically means they were saying that fight with Kadri, that was all of the discipline you're going to get, which is supposed to be the image that the NHL is going against. They said that it was an inadvertent contact, which is like saying helmet-to-helmet content. It, contact is inadvertent if you leave your feet. Uh-huh. Which they wouldn't say. Yeah. Um. So that was disappointing. The Avs got up 2 nothing into, into this game with about five minutes in after McKinnon scored on a, break, a turnover breakaway, and you're like, they're going to win this game. Lost 5-3. to three. Um, Also, the night before this, the Hawks lost just barely to the Nuggets. 123-115. It was a little bit closer, and Nikola Jokic had his high 47 points for yeah. his career. And an awkward beef with Vince Carter at the end where uh, like the game was in hand, I think 10, 15 seconds left, and Vince Carter was just playing really tough defense on Jokic for no good reason. And so then Jokic flopped to the get to the line, um, which I like that sequence. That was like his nickname Joker only comes because Americans don't know how to pronounce Jokic. But there, that was like a good Joker troll that happened. Uh, but it was, it was one of those games where the Nuggets win, but all the highlights are on the opposing team because Trey Young... He's so good. Yeah, I mean, so annoying. he's great, and if he stays there, they're going to have a good team in a few years just because he's so good. Yeah. It was a bad night for Murray. Murray scored <clears throat> some points late, but he wasn't great. Terrible night for Harris. I don't know what was going on, but he's having some issues. Barton played pretty well. Yeah. And uh, uh, it was probably uh, Morris's best game in quite a while. Honestly, I've been pounding the drum that maybe Morris should be part of some trade deals. Because I just don't think that he's he's not going to have the edge when Murray is not on his game, especially in the playoffs. But dude looks solid. I hope he's able to come to form. And from the backup point position, we need like 10 points a game. And I think, I think he had like 13 or something. Yeah. Porter played well but didn't get a lot of minutes. He got good assists. It was a good assist game for Porter, yeah. which was fun to see. He and Jokic are going to be quite the combo here in the next couple of years. Jokic has been hurting for a player who can play above the rim like Fareed. And although Grant really hasn't gelled with him, it would be so cool to see both Grant and Porter Jr. slashing for pretty uh, alley-oops from Jokic. And the Nuggets are currently wrapping up their road trip as we speak against the Mavericks, which is a national TV game. Mm -hmm. 
which it's just better to watch the games on TV. And I've, especially with the Nuggets, been having a much harder time with streaming the last couple weeks where I'm trying to get the streams that I'm not supposed to be allowed to get. And it seems like the NBA is starting to crack down a little more on the streams. Yeah. It hasn't hit me. It hasn't been a problem for me. But I'm also being terrible in them telling everybody about those streams. So, yeah, at some point it's gonna the hammer's gonna come down on us. But uh, altitude not there yet. Nope. And it was just reported in the Denver Post from Mike Singer that the that altitude approached Comcast before the beginning of the season with trying to get a one year extension on the deal that they had had in place, and Comcast turned him down. So, you suck, Comcast. I'm not saying you don't suck Altitude, but Comcast, you suck more in this uh, arena. And where I'm just like, don't do your homework at the last minute. Like, get it done early. It really feels like Altitude is dragging their feet, and Comcast, I think, is just trying to choke them out at this point so they can take over Nuggets broadcast. Because clearly Comcast knows that the Nuggets subreddit is growing exponentially. They want a piece of that pie. Yeah, I it's it's really sad to me all the people who are just like I haven't really been able to watch the Nuggets this year and watch the Avs this year who want to. Like yeah, it's dude. a good sports town. The Broncos, you know, are out and weren't that good. And this is January first is when this becomes a Nuggets and Avs town. Mm-hmm. Like maybe not on some of the radio stations, but everywhere else, that's where people really get invested. And in the good years, this is when we got invested, where we were like, we're giving the Broncos a good amount of attention during the Peyton Manning years, and it's like, playoffs, you get a bye week, and then you only play a couple games, and this is where you're like, okay, the season's really starting, and it's not starting for so many with the TV market. It's dumb. And the Nuggets don't seem to play super great in the national games, so... uh we just need that hometown mojo, but it's not coming from our hometown uh, broadcaster. So, uh, do we have a high note to end on, or can I just continue to sip my tea? No, I think I think you can keep s- sipping your tea. And as Quinn sips his tea, we're gonna we're gonna take this opportunity to get out of here. I probably that was pretty good, pretty good sound effect. I would say he so. had tea, just for the record. There was real tea going on. Well, Derek, I think is sicker, but I'm also sick, so uh... this is our flu game. No, <laughs> 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 don't, don't wish that on me, Ricky Bobby. I, it's it's a mild sore throat game for me. Yeah, I haven't had a sore throat at all, so I don't think you have the flu. Okay, great. So for now, uh, <laughs> tune in next week. Uh, where we'll both be healthy, raring to go, and maybe have a few more wins from our, our teams. Yeah, buddy. See ya. Peace.